This is the Creator Smarts Podcast where you will learn to leverage your online following into a profitable, future-proof education business that you control without being at the mercy of sponsors or algorithm changes. Each week we interview the world's leading creators to find out what strategies they use to diversify, stabilize and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everybody, it's your Dutch friend Jan and you are listening to episode 123 of the Creator Smarts podcast. And today I will be interviewing a friend. Yeah, his name is Kevin Timmer and I met Kevin about seven years ago in Shenzhen, China. I was there visiting a friend that we have in common and Kevin was there as well. And um, yeah, we uh, Kevin was running an IT business at the time. So a few months later, we traveled around India. We stayed a month in India visiting software companies. And uh, afterwards, we kind of went our own way. Kevin stayed in Asia working online. I went back to Europe. But about three years ago, I had a, a Skype call with Kevin and, you know, I asked him, I said, what's up? He said, well, this IT business didn't really work out. So I'm just freelancing now. But, um, you know, I'm thinking about starting a YouTube channel and teach people how to day trade the American stock market. And he wanted to do this in Dutch, uh, in, the local, in, in the local market. Uh, the Netherlands and uh, the Flemish part of, of Belgium, of course, where they speak Dutch. And um, fast forward three years later, he's now built a business that does several millions in turnover per year. And um, I'm pretty sure that he takes home about a million in profits every single year. And he's only 30 years old and he managed to build this business in three years time. Um, so in this conversation, this interview, I'm going to try to break down the success and I think a lot of it comes down to choosing the right market um, because you know if you that that's like I, I really believe that choosing the right market is determines 80% of, of your success so he went for a market he had decided to sell to people that he could easily reach using um, online advertising skills that he already had he was in an upcoming market, digi digital products, right? People want to learn online nowadays. And then he managed to sell people who had money and a pain point. So these are like the, the four requirements of a good market, right? They need to be, the people you sell to need to be easy to reach, need to, the industry needs to be an upcoming industry. Your avatar needs to have money and a pain point. Kevin was doing that and, and even better, what makes everything even better is he didn't have any competition. Nobody was teaching day trading three or four years ago. And um, so he managed to build his business with relatively, um, well, let's put it this way. His business model is, is actually very simple. But again, it shows that it, things do not have to be complicated. You just need to be in the right market, have the right skills and have a product that people want. Okay, so yeah, I'm not going to give away too much. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Kevin. And uh, yeah, see you in the interview. Hey, Kevin, welcome to the Creator Smarts podcast. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do. Yes, thanks. Uh, yeah. yeah, so my name is Kevin. I, uh, I'm a day trader. I trade uh, the US uh, markets, uh, stocks mainly. Um, I did it for a couple of years and like approximately one and a half year to two years ago, I decided to uh, turn this into like an education business. So now we're teaching uh, people in the Netherlands and in Belgium, so Dutch speaking people, uh, teaching day trading as well. Um, so that's in a nutshell about uh, who I am and what I do. Yeah. So what exactly is day trading and can you really make money on a consistent basis with day trading? Yeah, so what is day trading? So basically, uh, you, you buy something, you buy a stock or you buy a cryptocurrency uh, and you sell the same day or that can be within a few minutes, but it can be a few hours as long as you sell it the same day and you made a, a small little profit because of that, uh, because you take multiple trades a day or multiple trades a week. Uh, by the end of the month, those small percentage, uh, they will add up. And, and that's how you make uh, make money. Of course, uh, if you take 100 trades, you maybe lose 60 or 70, uh, or you win maybe 60 or 70, and 30 or 40 trades you lose. And but it's always important that you make more uh, on your winners than you lose on your losers. Um, 
so by the end of the day or by the end of the month, uh, yeah, you're on the, on a profit. Yeah. So when I, I mean, I've been following your work for a while now, so I have a, an idea of how it works. But mm-hmm. at the beginning, I thought, okay, day trading, um, you know, the uh, the value of the stock can go up or it can go down. It's like 50-50, right? Yeah. You can also, can't yeah. you just go to the casino, play roulette and, and play on the color, for example. What's the difference yeah. here? Like, how can you, um, how can you, how can you beat the market? Yeah, so you're saying like it's a 50-50 and uh, maybe it is a 50-50 and you can skew those numbers a little bit uh, by applying some sort of edge and some traders find edge in technical analysis. That's that's what we are doing. So we find a specific edge in there uh, to make those that 50-50, make it maybe 60-40 or maybe in some cases uh, 65-35. So then we already have an uh, an edge, just a statistic edge, um, that we win more often than we lose. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the only thing. You can also make money with a 50-50. Uh, but all you need to do is, by the times you're making money or you're winning, so you're on the right side of the 50, uh, you may, instead, if you're on the losing side, then you lose. For example, if you win, by your winning trade, you win a $100. And you lose on your losing trades on average fifty dollars. So it makes like a two to one ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, you can make money if you only write fifty percent of the time, even less. Yeah. Do you think most people lose money when day trading? Yeah. Yeah. There's a statistic out there. I think like ninety percent of people that uh, try day trading they lose ninety percent of the money in like the first ninety days. Um, I think that's true, um, but that's with a lot of things in life. I think if you start something, if I always make the example, like if, if you give 100 people the opportunity open, to open a restaurant, um, and after five years, you go to the same 100 people, and most probably there will not be 100 restaurants anymore. There will be only like 10, 15. Yeah. So in day trading, it's not, not any different. The only difference in day trading and compared to other businesses, it goes so quickly. So people are out of the game within like maybe a couple of months. <laughs> so what makes, I mean, we're just, you know, getting a, a grasp of, of what being a day trader is like, but what do you think makes somebody a good day trader? Um, having discipline, I think that's one of the main thing. And that's uh, not everybody has discipline, but I think that can be trained. Uh, so that's the the main thing you need to have. Um, making money is good, but focusing on the process. So you need a really process-orientated person Yeah. Uh, because uh, if you follow the process and you see this as, as like an ongoing thing, then uh, you have a better chance of making money than instead of like really focusing on the outcome. You know, some people really have an outcome kind of uh, I don't know how to say that, but they really focus too much on the outcome. Then, if you're that kind of person, then I think day trading is not for you. Um, yeah. So, but discipline is the main thing and process oriented. Okay. Well, good. So you teach how to do day trading to well the Dutch speaking market, which is primarily of mm-hmm. course the Netherlands and uh, the Flemish part of Belgium. Um, let's go back all the way from the beginning because when. When did you start or where, what is your background? Yeah, my background is nothing to do with trading. So uh, my background, I did an IT study. <clears throat> so uh, I also, uh, I started my kind of my career in IT, uh, IT freelancing. Then I started an IT company in uh, India. So I also went uh, to India with you uh, yeah. this some is, time, uh, a while back. Yeah, just for our listeners. So I actually got to meet Kevin, I think, in Hong Kong. I actually was in Shenzhen in China for the first time. Not really sure when it was. A long time ago, like probably like seven, seven years ago, something like that. Um, Kevin was running an IT company, um, developing web applications and, and software, or yeah, how you call it, yeah. web yeah. application. Yeah. At the time, he was in China working with Chinese developers. Uh, wasn't really happy with them. They were quite expensive, not that good. So why not, you know, give India a try? And I had never been to India before. I wanted to go to India. So we went on a trip. I actually ended up spending a month in India. I think Kevin was there for a few weeks as well. And, uh, yeah, we visited all these IT companies. We were even invited for a few company parties, which were great fun. 
Um, we both got really sick. <laughs> Food poisoning, probably. Um, yeah, India. Well, that's an entire different story. Yeah, but, exactly, exactly. But I remember. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you found a few people there. You 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 partnered up, but then eventually the software business um, didn't really take off. What what happened there? Yeah. So exactly, we tried it for quite a while, um, and it, it was it was running for quite a while. Um, we did okay. Um, but after some point, um, yeah, it, it was uh, it was not profitable enough. So we made the profit we made was just too little, and then we got like uh, in a few situations that uh, it was hard to, for us to make money. Um, so then things uh, things went south. So I think after a while, I decided like, okay, this uh, this is not going to work anymore. I also didn't enjoy it um, too much. I was enjoying it so so while doing it but then things went south and of course then uh, i didn't have much fun into it anymore so i decided to quit that and started back to going uh freelancing so i freelance uh, just freelance jobs for for dutch companies i spent a lot of like hours developing software for them and it was actually okay i i, I was okay doing that and i enjoyed doing that but uh, i also want something more so then i or something else. So I, I started searching on YouTube, and that time, like Bitcoin was also quite popular. Mm-hmm. Um, or it was also some bull cycle going on that time. So I, I got in touch with Bitcoin, did quite okay. And because of Bitcoin, I also got more into trading. So I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos, also some, quite some YouTube ads from from guys that were teaching trading. So yeah, for one thing, another thing came, and uh, yeah, just trying things. Uh, with uh, with trading actually yeah and then when was the moment you thought okay i i understand this thing i'm I'm making money on a consistent basis i think i can be good at this maybe maybe teach this to well to the dutch market uh, that took quite a while i was first uh first with my my work i had like just my freelancing it work yeah uh, software development i did it quite for quite a while and beside i was just trading myself um first like crypto and then went to the u.s uh, stock market um i think i did like i'm not sure for how long i think it was at least uh, two years i think before i considering like to to start teaching people um because of course you need need to make a certain amount i think yourself in order to teach people yeah what, what what do you think that amount is, by the way? Like, how much money were you making? Can you share that? Like, how much were you making after two years just of the day trading thing? Was yeah, that like a full time income or more than yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a full time income, so it was like approximately like ten k a month in US dollars. Yeah. Uh, before I even considering like uh, teaching people. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't. Uh, I also spoke to you that time. It was. I was not really planning to make like a big course or something. It was just like, okay, let's try it out. If yeah. I have some followers on Instagram, they may be interested in trading and maybe I can help them out. Yeah. Um, this is actually how it how it started um, because I, I got a full-time income from trading. I did okay with the IT freelancing and I had some other things uh, going on. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was just uh, see like, okay, maybe, maybe uh, there are some followers on Instagram I can help out. That's how it started. Uh, yeah, because I got, yeah. Yeah, so so making 10k per month uh, just day trading. Wh- what like how big was your portfolio back then, and what was your working day like? Uh, it was quite for trading. It was quite short, and that's also the reasons I came up with maybe I should start teaching people because I had plenty of time. Uh, the trading itself didn't took much time. I, I trade the U.S. market, so I prepare around. 2.30 in, in the, the European afternoon, I started preparing, then um, I started trading at 3.30 until like 5. That's it. So yeah, all in the afternoon, that's it. Yeah, and there was, there was my, account, my account was not big that time, I think it was like 40 or 50k uh, US dollars, so it was not uh, not a huge amount, uh, a pretty, pretty sizable, but not, not huge in trading terms. Uh, yeah, so th- I spent like three hours a day trading, spent some hours doing some other stuff. So I had plenty of time to to do something on the site. And it was also for the main reasons I 
was looking around like, hey, what, what else can I do? Yeah. And so how, how did you start? I mean, I remember that we had a, a chat back then and you said like, okay, I'm doing all these things and I'm thinking about you know, creating a course, start teaching your stuff. I think that's also when you started your YouTube channel. Like, How do, yeah. you, how do you go from there? Yeah, first of all, uh, I think it was even before I considered like actual uh, charging people. I was first creating a YouTube channel. Yeah. So I created a YouTube channel just sharing my experience with trading. And um, just shared my trades, just uh, shared my, uh, the way I trade, how I prepare for the markets, uh, just very simple, basic stuff. I think I did that for a couple of months and got some YouTube subscribers, actually very positive feedback from a lot of guys in the Netherlands and, and, uh, and Belgium. And, <clears throat> and then after a while, I re realized, okay, maybe I could start charging for this if people want uh I get teached by by me. So what I did is uh, I went on Instagram. I got quite some Instagram followers because of my YouTube channel. It was not not a lot. I think it was like thousand followers. But yeah. for for the Netherlands, it's it's okay yeah. so, to at least start a little bit. Um, and then I just throw on my Instagram stories like, "Hey, um, I have my YouTube channel. I see you guys like it. Uh, what do you think if I just do a little uh, group session?" Yeah for a couple of weeks, like four times a month. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, in those uh, group sessions, I will start teaching you guys the basics of trading. Uh, and I will, I will let 10 people in. Mm -hmm. And like in like a few hours that, that those 10 slots were gone. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's how it started. So like the, the day trading at Fangio, I mean, the, the, well, educating day trading in this case, really started mm -hmm. with the, uh, with the YouTube channel first then. Yeah, yeah, I was the first YouTube channel for a couple of months, I think maybe a half year, just no, no, no selling anything, just putting value out there. Yeah. Once per week or once per month? How often? Uh, I think it was once per week. Yeah. And did you see like, did you get the traction from the beginning? Did you, like, how long did it take to, to gain your first thousand subscribers, for example? I mean, it's still not a huge channel, right? But it's clearly working. No, it's not a huge channel, but, uh, um, yeah, it took time because I still remember like after maybe two months or something, I was like kind of happy that I got my first 100 subscribers. So it was uh, it was a slow process, but I think that's normal for most people in YouTube. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I'm not sure how long it took to, to take a 1000 subscriber, but it's a, it was a slow process. Yeah, for sure. Had you ever considered doing this in English and serving an international market? Because that's what many of, you know, us creators, people who teach online, mm -hmm. go through, right? It's like, okay, I, I speak, it's, it's like me, right? I'm doing this in English. I could also have done this in Dutch, for example. Why did you yeah. decide to, to do this in a small market uh, yeah. like the Netherlands? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, um, yeah. When I was learning to trade, I, I didn't really took much courses. I was I was more part of many communities. So uh, th those were usually like paid communities. You had to pay like a monthly subscription to be there. Um, and the amount of English-speaking trading communities that were out there was like huge. Like yeah. I think like hundreds, even maybe even thousands yeah. uh, of trading communities uh, you have to pay to get in. Uh, and the same for courses. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was thinking like, okay, if, if I want to do something, like I want to help people to start trading and I maybe even in the future want to make a business out of this, um, maybe it's a bit tough with all the competitors. So I, and I also saw in the Netherlands and in, in Belgium, like there were, there was nobody really talking about trading. There were a few crypto guys, yeah, but there was like literally nobody was talking about trading stocks. Yeah. So like I was the only one that time, not anymore, but that time. Yeah. So it was a pretty easy choice. Like um, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. I just wanted to just get started. So it was more like the easy choice to like, okay, let's do do Dutch speaking countries. Yeah. And that that's really interesting. And um, so you 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 did a masterclass, or was it like a ten week program or something? You have, for how, how much were you selling it for? I was really cheap. It was just a test, actually, for me, if I liked it, uh, if I liked doing it, and if the people also actually value what I, what I did. So, um, 
I, I was like four or six weeks and I one lesson per week in a group session and I charged like 100 dollars, like 100 euros for it yeah. for the whole thing per person so I think uh, that whole session like I got a thousand bucks from it yeah uh, it yeah it was nothing compared to what I made with my own trading or with, with or to that other freelancing stuff I was doing yeah but it was just also you can also learn a lot from it mm-hmm. you can find out if you actually like teaching because doing the the trading yourself is one thing, but teaching people to do stuff yeah. is another thing. Yeah. So uh, you need to enjoy doing that, otherwise uh, it's going to be hard. And of course, the people that you are teaching, they also, yeah, you need some to see some progress that they actually understand what you're saying and, and etc. So it's also a good test. So I think you should not like charge a thousand bucks and then see what happens. Uh, for me, it was like, okay, I just want a small little fee some commitment from my side, some commitments uh, from the student inside and to see how to see where it goes and yeah. collect some collect some data, collect some feedback. Yeah. And uh, how was the feedback? Because you had never thought before, at least as far as I know. So now, you know, for the first time you're in a, in front of a bunch of people yeah. uh, teaching all the stuff. Like how did it go? Like had you discovered the uh, the teacher inside of you or how did that go uh, yeah i discovered that i quite enjoy it so uh, i like connecting with people that that wants to get into trading so uh, i enjoy doing that um but i also find out like uh, yeah what what kind of questions they have about trading because i was in trading for quite a while already that time so for for me everything is is normal it's like second nature but for those people that are completely new, it's like what kind of questions they ask, like what are the problems they are seeing. So you will find out along the way, um, and this this creates a lot of value for for them, but also for you, because I, at some point I wanted to create a course, and once I created the course, I knew exactly yeah. what kind of pain points they had or yeah. what kind of struggles they had. Yeah, and, and that's a great strategy, right? Because, you know, there's so many people, they think that they have the perfect solution for their students. So they start working yeah. on a course, you know, for one year, for two years, and finally they launch it and so nobody buys it. So you were actually just yeah. launching MVP here, Minimum Viable Product. Just a quick test. Yeah. Put something yeah. out there, you deliver it live, you get the feedback, and then you know exactly what they want. Maybe you get a few exactly. testimonials that you can then use on your sales page and your sales materials. And that's what you did. Did you, um, was that just a, a logical next step that you took there or were you following uh, business advice from, from somebody or from, I don't know, from, from YouTube or like, why, why did you do that? Was that strategic, a strategic decision or was that just, uh, yeah, common uh, sense? Uh, it was a little bit of both. It was common sense, but I also spoke to you quite a lot that time because you were in that in the education business yourself. Huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sp- I spoke uh, with you a couple of times. I got some feedback from you. I got some feedback from some other guys, uh, and 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 in that in combination with some common sense, um, yeah, it, it was a logical step to take. Yeah. So you launched that first, uh, well, cohort. And then what happened next? Yeah, so I created the course then after uh, after I got all the feedback. And I just started selling the course uh, to the people out which were already following me. So I announced that to them, like, okay, guys, I announced a couple of weeks before. But I have a course coming uh, on how to day trade the U.S. markets. Uh, I also promoted on my YouTube channel, talked about it, and... Yeah, then like once it was live, I got some uh, signups, not a lot, but just I think three or four. And then I was thinking, okay, how can I scale this? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so then I started to get to into pay, paid ads. Mm-hmm. So uh, I knew quite a bit about paid ads already because uh, I did some side projects in the e-commerce. Uh, with paid ads, so I knew how that uh, how that worked, so, uh, but I never did it with any uh, like um, course business or anything. So that was all that was new for me. So I tried it, uh, just a uh, couple ads, and those ads were uh, pointing to a, a webinar, a pre-recorded webinar. Uh, I was just like a sixty-minute webinar. I'm talking about day trading, and then at the end, I was pitching the course, mm-hmm. and 
it was on low budget ads and I still remember like I got my first sale through the ad through the ad funnel yeah. which was a very basic just a, just ad webinar sales pitch no like no no email <laughs> follow-up or anything no no it was super super simple super simple <laughs> and like yeah the, the, nowadays maybe that doesn't work anymore but that time it would <laughs> <laughs> I got my first sale I was like whoa this works and uh, how much money had you spent on ads like before you made the first sale do you remember yeah I think I spent like a hundred bucks on 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 ad spend and the quarter time was 397 yeah, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so i was like okay this actually works so i, I had <laughs> some proof of concept and then i started scaling the the ads uh, pretty aggressively and um yeah that worked out pretty well that worked but uh yeah with paid ads nowadays it's a bit different but that time it was uh because i was also the only one in the Netherlands, so yeah, that was basically just one euro in, four euro out. In, uh... And that, and that worked for that. That kept working until until today. No, that uh, that kept working for quite a while um, until I think half a year ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then paid ads becomes uh, a lot more difficult. We yeah. can, uh, we're not so sure what is the exact reason. But one of the reasons is it's it's just getting super expensive uh, to uh, to reach new audience like the CPMs on Facebook and stuff like that. Uh, so that's one of the reasons. Like our price was still on it was on three ninety seven at the beginning. Then we hired to four ninety seven, but we uh, at some point we were just not profitable anymore because of the pay the pay ads were such exp- so expensive. Yeah. Uh, with a 497 product, it didn't work out anymore. We also got quite a lot of new competitors in the same uh, space. Yeah. Um, so at some point, you have to higher the, the the price. So now we are on 997, uh, and because of that, we are, it works now. But it's a, this is like an ongoing game. This this uh, it becomes harder and harder. I have the feeling the paid ads. Yeah. Also because there's more competition nowadays, I guess. There's more competition. Uh, that time I had no competition. I think now there are in the Netherlands alone there are like three or four uh, like bigger players in the same uh, industry yeah. right now. And for a small country, that's actually quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is that's a problem, of course. And you, we also see that uh, which that time we didn't really work on what we now we see is like organic reach is super super important mm-hmm. uh, and because paid ads worked so f- so well for me i didn't really pay much attention anymore once the once i saw paid ads was working any- for me yeah. i just totally skipped the whole organic thing yeah so for, for the whole period for the whole time yeah. and now paid ads get more difficult and for me like the last half year i'm trying to work on my organic so i uh, I'm fixing the stuff from the last uh, one and a half years. Yeah. Well, I think strategy-wise, you should always double down on, on what's working, right? And when you start, exactly. when you started running ads, when was like what are we talking about? Like three, three, four years ago? Uh, no, it's like it's, it's a very short period of time. I think two years, two and a half years. You only started running ads yeah. two, two, yeah. two, two and a half years. Ago. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. I mean, as you said, you were the only one in the uh, in the Dutch speaking market. It was working. They just doubled down on that, and you tried to, yeah. you know, to 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 see how far you you can get with that. And um, just one question that I have, because I can imagine, you know, that some of our listeners they they're listening to this and they're thinking, ah, he's one of those one of those gurus, right? That learns mm-hmm. how to do something, and then he starts selling courses on. On, on how to do that thing and then they just stop what they were originally doing and they just focus on making money teaching other people how to make money what, what do you think about that that scene yeah. and how do you what do you do with that yeah so so you basically mean that like uh, the, the, they're teaching something or they learn something themselves they know how to do it they're teaching something and then they don't do this stuff anymore they yeah. don't to teach that's what you're trying to say yeah um, yeah, I see that happening around me. I see that happening in the Netherlands as well uh, with uh, some other players. Um, we always said 
I'm not doing this alone anymore. I also have a, a partner, but we, we always said to each other, like, and also to, to the audience, like we, we always put trading on priority number one. And that doesn't mean we don't care about our students or customers or whatever you want to call it. But trading is the number one priority because um, first of all, there is a lot of money to be made in trading. Uh, but second of all, like the markets are evolving, they are changing uh, every now and then. You need to you need to be on top of it because mm-hmm. what what works like a half year ago may not work as well anymore right now. So we always said trading is priority number one because otherwise, if we lose sight of the markets and we don't pay attention to it anymore or we don't trade ourselves anymore, like how can we uh, teach our uh, community yeah. how to trade so um, so that's one reason but the other reason like there is an unlimited amount of money to be made in trading so why should you leave that alone yeah so you're still day trading every day every day yeah yeah so you, and yeah we we also one of our one of the the one of one part of our uh, trading education is we have also live sessions so we live stream trading yeah. uh, every day every trading day uh, so people see us trading so i'm not always there every day uh, we we do like switches with some other colleagues because uh, live streaming and trading is, is quite intensive so uh, i usually do a couple days a week do some live trading with the community and then the other days i trade myself yeah so you're actually just running two businesses simultaneously, the day trading business and then the education business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how have, how have those two businesses evolved over time? Like if, if you compare one with the other, like... Um, yeah, there are, there are times that... Uh, uh, because the market is not like a static thing, you know, it changed all the time. So there will be months you make a lot in, in the markets, but there will be months that will be a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. So you all earn less. So there are times that we make more in the education, uh, but it's also sometimes the other way around. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but I think like uh, teaching people how to do certain things. So if you, te- you have a skill and you teach people how to do it, I think it also in the meanwhile, it teaches you as well. Because, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, yeah, you learn a lot along the way. Um, yeah, so I think I have become a better trader uh, also because of the teaching. Yeah. Uh, that, that's one of the reasons why I run this podcast. Like doing these kind of interview also makes me better at what I do. And I'm not even teaching. I'm just listening what what, what you were telling me, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, also like when you record the solo episode or during mastermind sessions, during events, when you're just speaking, you know, you have to prepare some, or do not always have to prepare, but sometimes when I have to prepare something, it actually helps me to organize my thought and, uh, become better at teaching, but at the same time also become better at uh, the actual skill. So yeah, okay. I, there is a lot of synergy between the two businesses uh, that you run. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let, let's just you know give the people an idea of what scale you're doing this at, because you know it sounds sounds all good, but actually you shared some numbers with me, um, mm-hmm. which were super impressive. I, I think you're the biggest. Um, educator on day trading in in the dutch speaking market right online at least um yeah if it's online yes and yeah there are a few crypto guys which are similar but we are one of the biggest i think in netherlands so in the beginning you 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 spend like a few hundred bucks on on ad spend Mm. like what are the numbers nowadays again you don't have to share any anything that you don't want but just to give us an idea um yeah, we, we still spend a lot on ads, although we try to focus more on organic, but it's just a bit slower on organic. Um, but still, we spend like a 50 to 60K a month uh, euros on ads. Yeah. And then you have like a two, three times all yeah. of that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was better in the past, but then at that time we didn't have this kind of numbers, but uh, it's like a two or a three, depends on the month, yeah. Yeah, so the business does at least like a few million per year yeah and that's just the the, the course education business yeah exactly yeah so yeah. and then on top of that you also do uh, well the, the day trading of course you said that when you started uh when was it three three or four years ago maybe five 
you make like 10k per month has that amount also been compounding yeah the amount has been uh, been bigger now trade with uh, a larger account uh larger positions yeah. um I, I have slow months i have, I have better months but uh this is this number is also uh yeah, growing yeah can, can people see how much you have in your portfolio like when you do your uh, sessions uh no when i have the sessions but like uh, last time i had um uh, a webinar where I showed uh, that I built up like a one million dollar uh, trading account, <laughs> which uh, uh, I, I use that money to I use trading profits to invest in in, in longer term stocks, and I showed uh, I showed the guys that yeah, so one million, and that's like your own money. That's the money that you that you made with well within within your own businesses. Uh, yeah, that, that's purely trading profits. Oh, <laughs> purely trading profits. Okay. And I mean, you said that when you had about 40 to 50K in your portfolio back then, you managed to make about 20 to 25% per month, right? Which is like mm. what, 10K. Um, mm. does, does the ratio change as you have more money in your portfolio or is it the same thing? Usually become less. So oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, usually it depends on the risk appetite. But um, usually, what you see is like if you, if you start trading with large numbers, some some emotional stress gets uh, gets in the way uh, because of course, like the lose the winners are getting bigger, but the losers are also getting bigger. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, losing a thousand dollar on a trade feels different than losing twenty uh, k on a trade. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that changed. So what you see a lot is, and I was, I'm still like struggling with this as well. And I also, I'm being honest about it in, in our trading community as well. It's like, like scaling trading is, is maybe one of the hardest things because, um, yeah, you need to push through yeah, those kind of, how to say those, those emotional limits yeah. to, to go to the next, uh, because you can, what, what happens sometimes is you scale up. And from the moment you scale up, you have like ten losers in a row. Mm-hmm. So this, this, yeah, this doesn't make you feel uh, feel yeah. good. So, so yeah. you you really have to be able to con- control your emotions and, and trust in the, yeah. the processes yeah. and in the systems and the theory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm still trying to scale more and more, but uh, yeah, it's an ongoing process. Yeah. So, what do you think? I mean, we we're talking about businesses that do. But the businesses you run, they do over a few million per year, at least combined. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's that's widely successful, right? Especially in a small market like the Netherlands. What do you think is the success of the uh, of the business? And then, I mean, the day trading business we can maybe understand, but let's talk. Let's focus on the uh, education business here. What do you mm-hmm. think made made this whole thing so successful? Um, I think like the. The transparency we always had, so we never try to sell people like fake dreams or something. So that happens a lot in the, in especially in the money making industries. So people, hey, you get some advertisements with ridiculous claims. Yeah, uh, we never did that. Of course, sometimes we show some kind of, uh, I don't know, like some car or a watch or whatever. But we never <laughs> throw it. Some we never we try not to throw it in people's faces. Uh, and I think that that's, we never did that, and until today we don't do that. Uh, I think that uh, set us apart from a lot of trading educators. Uh, we still hear that also from our our customers and students. They say like, "Yeah, you guys never throw this kind of stuff in everybody's faces," and we appreciate that. So that's uh, the one thing. Um, uh, yeah, the other thing is um, timing. Yeah. Timing, yeah, the time was okay. We had no uh, competitors in the Netherlands that time, um, and because my I had knowledge about paid ads, yeah. So I was able to scale uh, paid ads super super quickly because I knew how the game works. I know like the numbers. If you are putting this in, you get this out. Um, so I was very confident to to scale up very quickly with that. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah. We always say like the number one predictor of business success is to sell a product to a hungry market, right? And, mm-hmm. and that's what you seem to uh, have done back in the yeah. day. You had something that people were interested in, 
interested yeah. in in a market where was where was no competition and people want to learn mm. how to make money online you start mm. at the right time and then of course there's a lot of you know it comes with there's lots of other factors like you said you knew how to run ads online um mm. some knowledge it knowledge right i mean background mm. in it um of course you already had some success with day trading so yeah, well, it's it's always a combination of multiple factors, but yeah, I just thought it would be interesting to just have a look at the yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. how you managed to grow the business and some of the yeah, success factors. Yeah, and just really like if you're good at something, uh, no matter what it is, and you really can show people that you're good at it, and uh, you can teach teach them. At, at, then, then the money or your business will, will grow anyway. And of course, it will. It's helpful to have no competition, and of course, it's helpful to know uh, paid ads. But you can also hire people to do that. Yeah. How how has uh, your life? Oh, sorry. Was there something else you wanted to mention? No, no. Go ahead. Well, um. So, um. I mean, you, the businesses aren't doing well. How has mm-hmm. how has that impacted your life uh, and your lifestyle? Um, the lifestyle, like, um, I mean, you, you live in a, you live in a nice villa in the south of Spain. Um, yeah. well, you were doing those things before, right? But then you were yeah. staying in a cheap place somewhere in, in, in Chiang Mai in Thailand. Like how, yeah. yeah. Tell us like how, how your life has changed, uh, uh as the businesses took off. Yeah. So I always traveled a lot. So I was always staying at sunny places uh, there was even before already before the education even before trading so in in terms of traveling not much changed uh, i always uh, appreciate uh, uh, i put a lot of weight into freedom so uh, in, in terms of freedom nothing much changed um, but in terms of like maybe skill like the, the luxury skill of course um, once the business took off and my trading I started to scale my trading as well. Then, yeah, of course, you can afford uh, more. So, at the, the house we are living in is it's nice. It's in a nice place in Spain. Um, yeah, you can afford stuff, but other than that, I think life is pretty much the same, except those uh, maybe luxury goods or something, or like cars and stuff like that. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're very humble here because you, you don't mention, you didn't mention like <laughs> some of the stuff that you bought. But I mean, you're sharing some stuff publicly on Instagram, so you let me just yeah. mention it. Um, you, you bought this McLaren car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy purchase. Uh, yeah. yeah, How what, what is it like to, to, to drive a, a car of, you know, worth a few hundred thousand dollars, I guess? What is yeah. it? It's fun. Does, it's does, fun. does it make your life better? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, if you're stressed and you, st- you step into the <laughs> step into that car, you, you feel pretty okay. So, <laughs> so in that in that way, it's it's fun. You know, I, I love cars. Um, uh, I always I always loved cars. So, uh, but I lived in Asia for for a long time of uh, for a big part of my life. I lived in Asia. So, uh, and it was in places like Hong Kong, China, Thailand. Uh, so I never really had the urge to have cars. But as soon as I moved back to Europe, yeah, then this urge comes up, and I was also able to afford it at that time. So, yeah, then I uh, decided like, okay, let's uh, let's buy the uh, buy this McLaren. Uh, it doesn't make your life like better or something. At the end of the day, it's just stuff. But uh, yeah, it's fun, of course. Yeah. So, anything else that you that you bought like that you always wanted? Mm, uh, no, or, not really. Or may, maybe a better question to ask is, what what do you do with 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 all the cash? Like, do you take it out of the company or do you reinvest it in the stock market? Like, how do you go about reinvesting? Yeah. Profit? So trading profits, I reinvest. Um, I reinvest it in some longer term, like S and P five hundred, uh, very slow, boring uh, stocks. Yeah. Um, because the thing is, like, with trading, it's high risk. Yeah. So uh, I don't want then putting my profits, which I make from high risk trading, mm-hmm. in something else high risk. That's why I choose to put it in something boring, which uh, which is okay. Uh, <clears throat> the trading, or oh, sorry, the business pro, uh, profits 
uh, a lot of it stays in the company. Um, yeah, so of course sometimes I, I buy I buy stuff, uh, but I also from from the the company profits I also buy some real estate. So we started together with a friend a project in Bali. So I bought uh, some real estate there, and upcoming week I also gonna have a look at some real estate. So. In, that's why I said, like in terms of lifestyle, not much change because I had a lot of freedom already, yeah. uh, and all the money I make, I, I try to to reinvest it. And sometimes I bought some stupid toy, but like the car, but yeah, it doesn't happen often. Now, obviously, a big um, yeah, how should I call it? Like, a, I mean, paid ads have been huge for 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 the education business, right? How mm. open? And you just mentioned it briefly but how important are things like the youtube channel for example that you have um yeah or, or organic traffic how, how big is the channel by the way it's like 20 25k it's 25k yeah something like 20 23k how important is that youtube channel um it becomes more and more and more important so just as i said before is we mainly rely on paid ads for a long time and that works really well until a couple of months ago. So it still works, but not as before. So what you see nowadays is that organic becomes way more important. Um, so we also start focusing more on our YouTube channel, creating value. For example, we also created a free Facebook group again, uh, just giving people value in the Facebook group through videos and, and uh, posts. So it becomes significantly more more important yeah. than it was before yeah so before the ads were working very well right so you didn't really have a reason to create more videos you just doubled down on what was working which were exactly. the ads um that's starting to become more difficult now with more competition and also the platforms mm. are starting increasing their prices how do you um how, how do you learn how do you know what to do next like wh what do you do when you when you got stuck in in business do you have any mentors do you have any uh, a community that helps you out how do you keep learning um yeah we uh I, we were like, kind of stuck at some point so uh, we a couple of months ago we had a situation that the ads are didn't really perform well and had multiple reasons high cpms more competition etc etc um so and our organic traffic didn't really bring up bring in much revenue. So for us it was like okay we did, we did this paid uh, paid ad game we did it pretty well but now we need to go to the next step and we need to step up our organic game and we didn't really know how to do that. So uh, I think like four weeks or one month ago we uh, we took. Uh, uh, somebody on so that we we paid this guy for a coaching uh, for six months coaching and and he's focusing with us on growing the business on an organic way uh, so with organic reach so yes we also invest in in, in our company and, and uh, get on people with, with more knowledge than us yeah would you recommend everybody to run ads i can imagine people listen to this like whoa this guy managed to build a multiple million dollar business by just running ads basically mm -hmm. right like most of it can, can that work for everybody what do you think um nowadays i think it's a combination of the two so what you see what works pretty well is for a lot of people we're also trying it now is uh you have your organic reach and then you start retargeting people yeah. with paid pay traffic yeah so i think if you do it become way more difficult to do paid ads only without the online yeah. presence yeah that's that's very difficult actually nowadays yeah. Uh, yeah so maybe it's not i mean i'm originally from the uh, language education niche right and i know many people mm. who, who try to run ads there I've run ads for um, myself as well for a while with your help mm -hmm. actually um mm -hmm. yeah we see that in the language education niche it's it's just very very difficult and very competitive mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I'm just thinking, but yeah, I hardly know. I, maybe I know one person who managed to run ads uh, profitably mm. um, for a few years now. But yeah, it's it's very hard. Obviously, in your market again, if you have that right market, if you are the first mover, and you mm. have an expensive product that you can sell on the back, then that yeah, it can definitely uh, 
yeah. give your business a boost, right? Yeah, but it's also so powerful to have, and that, that's what we are seeing also from other guys. It's like it's super powerful if you have this strong organic reach, because it's it's basically an asset. Yeah. And and if if something happens with our Facebook accounts or, or, or whatever with Facebook ads, then we we kind of have a problem on the education yeah. business. Yeah. Uh, and if you have your organic following, um, which truly enjoy your content and they're following you for quite a while and they they love your products, it's it's way way stronger I think than than paid traffic. Yeah. Well, Kevin, has been a very inspirational interview. Again, I really like that you, um, well, that you did this and that you, you, mm. you, uh, that you went after the Dutch market. Actually, and it turns out that that was a very good decision. I, I also think that, um, yes, you were the first mover, but I think you were also, and you also mentioned it, like you're very down to earth, right? And and Dutch mm-hmm. people like that. So I think there's mm-hmm. also a, a cultural aspect there. Like if you look at the Americans selling this stuff it's like all like ty lopez style lamborghinis yeah change your life get quick uh sorry get rich quick uh kind of thing right but but you guys are just very a bit dry um mm-hmm. down to earth straightforward and and people people like that in yeah. in, in the market and that's also what makes you different so i think that's like that that magic sauce mm-hmm. that you put on top of of the um well, of the successful formula that you guys have used. So, yeah, again, congrats. And uh, really, really glad to uh, let you share the story today on the podcast with our listeners. I really enjoyed it. I hope yeah. our listeners do as well. And um, is there anything else, Kevin, that you would like to share with like all the, all the creators, all the YouTubers that are trying to build a business off of that following? Yeah, focus on your organic reach. And, and just just try it. Try something out. Just as what I did is just do a test. It doesn't uh, for like ten people. Try to teach them your skill. See how it goes and build up from there. Just get it out there. Right. Don't be don't be scared to scale your to to sell uh, sell your skill. Right. Well, we're gonna try that out, Kevin. Thanks so much. Talk to yeah, you next time. Oh, by the way, by the yeah. way, I almost forgot. If people want to learn more about you and what you do, where can they go? I mean, it's all in Dutch, but just in case people are interested, where can they go? Almost forgot. Yeah, they can go to YouTube, just Kevin Timmer. Um, and they can also find me on Instagram, Kevin Timmer HK. And make sure you have the right one because there are a lot of uh, copy uh, profiles. Yeah, lots of scammers out there. So exactly. Better yeah. watch out. <laughs> okay, yeah, Kevin. Exactly. Thanks. Thank Ciao. you. Uh, yeah. All right, thanks for listening to this episode. And if you like this episode, then please give it a positive rating in whatever podcast app that you're using. And if you want to listen to other interviews or just learn more about what we do, then make sure to go to our website, creatorsmart.com. See you on the next episode. Ciao.